0: Tell me. Spirit, come and feel this flame. Let your glory.
1: just feel like while well, we are just in this moment of worship I just want to tell you about a man who didn't know much about the Lord or the precepts and the concepts of Christianity but he changed the Christian world in a way that I've noticed that not a lot of people are thankful for that today and actually I hear a lot of persecution and a lot of negative things said about this man just because it seems to me like these people don't like church or aren't given enough attention in church or don't lack structure in any form of way or anything. And they um, say it started with this man, but there was a man by the name of Constantine who was um, the son of Constantius who was a, an Augustan or one of the Tetrarchs of Gaul in the 200s and the beginning of the 4th century. He uh, had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ on the way to a battle. And he was the Caesar, or the Roman Emperor, who took place after Diocletian. And Diocletian's persecution of the Christians was one of the worst that ever took place. And the reason why I'm telling you this right now is because I heard a, a Russian Orthodox priest talking about the West. And how the persecution is going to really revive the church. So know one thing that the persecution that's taking place right now in the body of Christ and the attack is going to make us stronger. Who's heard of Israel Folau? Israel Folau is a famous rugby player in Australia who quoted some scripture. And apparently there's some sort of a transgender activist who's um, in charge of Rugby Australia, and I just want to give you news that he's had victory in his court cases. They try to take him to court for quoting scripture and saying that drunkards and idolaters and um, sexual fornicators will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Continue playing. Don't stop. And um, one of the things is that they thought they would stop him and keep the Christians quiet, but what it did for the body of Christ in Australia is bring more people together it made them stronger and he had victory in courts recently and they've had to pay him out of eight million dollars and now all the Australian rugby fans are upset because they played so terribly in the World Cup and they lost their best player because they persecuting us they're trying to stop you in the days of Diocletian that was taking place and you might not like Constantine But, he had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ and God told him to put a specific symbol on his shields before he went into the battle. It was called the Battle of Melvin Bridge. He was outnumbered by um, Maxentius who was a pagan and worshipped the Olympic gods just like Diocletian. And um, God said with this symbol you will have victory. And that's what happened. You know, that's what Eusebius wrote. It is also well known that uh, Constantine's mother was a Christian. And um, I just want to read something that he said at this time. And if you think it was a political move, I just want to let you know that there weren't that many Christians. So it wasn't like trying to win the vote. My father revered the Christian God and uniformly prospered. While the emperors who worshipped the heathen gods died a miserable death. Therefore that I may enjoy a happy life and reign. I will imitate the example of my father and join myself to the cause of the Christians. Who are growing daily while the heathen are diminishing. When he entered into Rome he was the first Roman Emperor not to go to the temple of Jupiter and sacrifice the first. He, he instead of doing that he went into the town square and said by this saving sign, the sign of Christ, the true token of bravery, I have delivered your city from the yoke of the tyrants. The very next year he um, issued the edict of Milan and every single christian slave was released now you might not like constantine but i can tell you now those people that lived in those days and were persecuted definitely say thank you lord so a lot of us here we like to call trump cyrus you know cyrus was the only man who was not a jew who was considered anointed of god and delivered his people so why i'm telling you this is because no matter what goes on and no matter how hard the persecution gets the more they persecute us, the more we grow. It's been something that has taken place throughout history. So sometimes I think we should just sit back and say thank you Lord, because the enemy is revealing himself. And those that are lost and seeking are seen. who are the strong ones and who are the ones that carry the power of the living God inside of them. Constantine was also the one who got the Nicene Council together. He paid for and housed every single well-known bishop in the Roman world to get together to um, deliver us from the Arian controversy. The Arian controversy was um, a priest by the name of Arius who was preaching that Christ was not divine. This, that's a serious heresy. So we should thank God for sending Constantine. Amen. Maybe you can say, oh, well, he introduced church or whatever. That's nonsense. He set Christians free in the Roman world. And he ended persecution. When he walked into the council, Nicene, what they did was they got all the people. And it was about 20 years after Diocletian. All the people that had suffered and had lost limbs and eyes had been gouged out and tortured. Constantine walked up to them. He might not have known a lot about Jesus like we did. But he went and he honored those people and he kissed them on their wounds. I don't know about you, but that says something to me. Amen. So let's just stand and worship God just one more time. That same song we were singing now. And I want you to think about the power of the blood of Jesus. That victory belongs to us because we have a name that is above every other name. They'll come, and and you know what, there's some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. So before we get into preaching stuff, I just want us to get into some worship, and I just want us to honor the Lord for what He's done throughout the ages. How He's used people that knew nothing about Him, came in visions. There's Muslims that are telling stories about going to Mecca and seeing the Lord Jesus Christ come to them in visions. Where God speaks to them in divine ways god's using people that we don't recognize or don't acknowledge we don't see what they've done amen so as constantine released us from slavery and ended the persecution while we worship god we're going to thank him that he's going to send strange people on this earth unexpected people and also spiritually we're going to trust god right now as we worship him that he's going to release family members from bondage from the f- slavery of sin, the bondage of addiction. Shaka Soko Robote, let's worship the Lord. Let's do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Oh come to the altar, the
1: with the release of all the slaves he returned all the land and property back to God's people God's gonna return and restore some things back to his people if there's anything that the devil's taken from you or from your family when God restores he restores double fault we receive that thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. I wanted my wife to say something to everybody. You know, give a prophetic word or whatever. You may take a seat, actually. And uh, to all those in TV Land, I just want to say welcome. Shakabasaka um, talabata. If you're wondering what kind of a church this is, it's one of a kind. <laughs> and um, we believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He is still our healer. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles. And I pray that you see the power of God in your life. And whatever anointing, let's stretch our hands out to the camera. And whatever anointing is in this house and whatever gets delivered, whatever message. Father God, I thank you that you touch people in their homes. Wherever they may be, in the USA, whatever, county, state, nation, or continent. Touch them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Amen. Hey man, well, this is Soren he 's the son of thunder. you want to say something we're a trigenerational church here, so I just want to make sure he doesn 't want to say anything okay um, <laughs> um well i think I think I'll talk about the self control really quick, but I was um asking the Lord recently how to just increase prophecy in my life and how to get accurate words how many know that's like really important and uh, it's been disturbing me lately like how a prophetic word now is oh you're going to the nations or like oh um you'll be married in the future and it's like okay (laughs) it's very broad statement (laughs) you know what i mean What about the words that are like Haley, you'll be in Moravian Falls until the day that you die plowing for the gospel and the seed that you leave will impart to a generation and a move of God will start. Like what about those words, you know, and like accurate words, like where they can tell you what you ate for breakfast and like what your middle name is and stuff like that. So I've been like, Lord. Where are those words in America? Because you see it in the church at large, you know, especially in Africa. You see that just all the time. And so I had this big question in my heart. I was like, Lord, where are the accurate prophecies? Like the ones that shift and change people's lives. Like the ones where you go out and someone wants to give their life to Jesus because of what you just told them. Because no one could know that but Jesus, right? Right. So I went to sleep and I had a dream and in the dream I was in this room and I had this notebook and in the notebook I wrote really big self-control and I circled it circled it circled it circled it and then the voice of the Lord came in and he said this is how you get accurate prophecy because everyone wants to leave this fruit of the spirit out and so when i heard that i was like oh man okay so how does that relate like lord show me and he said well if you can't control your temple you can't control your mouth you can't control yourself how can i trust you with the mysteries of someone else's life like how can i do that so anyways that's that's basically it and so i just Started researching self-control and I looked up tons of scriptures that have self-control in it and Just thought about how The church is really being destroyed by leaders who have no self-control And that's really scary to me and it should be scary to my generation because we need to look and watch um, because uh, you know regardless of what we want to think the word of God says a leader is to be above reproach and actually you're not even supposed to have evil said about you whoa you know what I mean so that's like really really intense but at the same time if we have closet time with the Lord and we're intimate with the Lord that becomes easy right because you're loving on Jesus and you're looking at Jesus and you're stepping into his righteousness in his blood his price that he paid and that's how we step into a greater level of self-control so that we can get these accurate words and god can trust us with these really intense words amen so let's just put our hands up lord we receive a greater measure of self-control and i do believe we can receive it i don't think it's something we conjure up like I believe we can receive a greater measure of how to control our temple because you know even even the interesting thing that ties into this is the spirit of the Prophet is subject to the well why is control related to that well people say I have to give this word I have to give this word God told me right now no that's not true it's precept upon precept line upon line it's You want to give the word amen because the spirit of the Prophet is subject to the Prophet and the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus so Jesus does things in order sometimes it's chaotic order a lot of times it's chaotic order but it's in order with heaven you know it's not man's order amen so Lord we receive that self-control We submit our spirits to you, Lord. We want to know when to shut our mouths, when to open our mouths. We want that greater measure of self-control. We don't want to be loose cannons, taking everybody out or just swinging around. You you get a word, you get a word. we, We really want to hear from you. And we really want it to be accurate. We don't want to be babbling brooks. We want to be accurate. We want to hit our mark. And so we receive the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. We receive that in a greater measure this morning, Lord, through self-control in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Shakaba. Yeah, Shando. Shakabundi. All those good things if you want the translation for that i have no idea what i said <laughs> um it's interesting because um well the lord was speaking to her about that there's a man of god in um africa and um he who knows sean boss so haley was like man you always talk about these people in africa they all can do that say yeah i know one who's fast and very accurate and one of the things he always teaches about the way you he can hear from the Lord is because he has self-control in areas. And um, there's a lot of things in the Western church we just, oh God's grace, it's so merciful. That's why we're not walking in power. Because you're not listening to the word we don't have control and we don't walk in obedience. And um, so I just showed you some stuff where he's prophesying and, and the Lord so to speak to me too because one of the ladies he was prophesying to who, he, he named, I showed it to the youth too um, how many tomatoes she has in her fridge but in the middle of giving the word of knowledge talk, telling her name, where she bought her cell phone from first of all she had bought a, she, had had, she had passed, she had redone school four times so she had done all the paper should, we, we do all these, these worldly things that should give us authority and power to succeed in life. But then there's spiritual issues. So while the man of God was busy speaking to her, he was indicating some of the things that were holding her back. So one of the other things he mentioned in the fridge, he says, I see uh, wine and Peroni. That's your favorite beer, isn't it? And I see that the phone you've got was stolen from somebody. And you bought it from a guy by the name of Vincent. So yes, some money. Go buy yourself a proper phone. And remember what I mentioned to you about what's in your fridge. So you can say what you want. But the man of God indicated some certain things in her life that were holding her back. It wasn't the fact that she didn't do good in school. There's spiritual blockages sometimes in our life because we have a lack of discipline. We want to live a drunkard life. We want to party. We want to idolize certain things. And then we wonder why God doesn't want to bless us. And the same, we wonder why God doesn't speak to us. God won't speak to a rebellious person. Why should he tell you what to do if you're not going to listen? <laughs> you know? Shakaba. Okay. Um, Lord, help me. Um, I wanted to also just release this. Hebrews 6 verse 10. Thank you, Lord. Um, Rita, Jody, um, Elaine, I see you there. I just feel like this is a word for you. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Who's ever been doing certain things for the Lord and you haven't seen the fruit of it. Or you haven't been received. Or you just feel like sometimes it's not enough. Or you're not pleasing the Lord. I just feel like telling you. God is not unrighteous. Just because you haven't pleased people and you haven't received the praise of men doesn't mean that God doesn't see your works. And God sees. Amen? So, one of the things that was really ministering to me, because Haley was also talking about self-control and we spoke about things, and we like to talk about the power of God. And it's wonderful, you know, Elijah did a lot of works and stuff. But even though he flowed in power, there was a time where he was a depressed man and wanted to die. So God was also talking to me about that joy is a power. Living in righteousness is power. Living in self-control is a power. Living by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit is a power. Not just because I moved the pot plant with some force or heal the sick. But am I living in victory? Am, am, am I a king in my own household? And am I um, a ruler over my flesh? Or is my flesh ruling me? That's power. And I notice, you know, in the body of Christ, we promote the very things that we complain about. You know, we say, oh, but they always talk about, we don't like the prosperity gospel. And we, we don't like how... Um, People always give these motivational type speeches, but don't teach us the word. But when the men of God that come to teach the word, you fall asleep. <laughs> and you have, a, you have a problem, you know, like this is giving you power. It's revelation and doctrine that gives you power. And um, one of the priests who was in Constantine's time, his name was... Um, something greek like that and um he got persecuted by Arius, who was preaching the arian doctrine and he was in prison and he got reinstated about five or six times and had to run into the desert and hide a couple of times because of the doctrine that jesus was divine and the son of god he got persecuted because of what he believed in the gospel you know So, you know, all these devotions and things, you know, they're wonderful, but sometimes it's the doctrine and the thing you believe that empowers you. Am I saying something? So, we've also got to get a hunger inside of our spirits to know how to flow with God and hear His words. Amen? We've got to get a hunger for that. We've got to start to value that thing and not value being entertained. When you sit and you stand and you go, oh, amen. And they start to whoop and shakabasi and dance. And then you go out and you still sin and you still struggle and you're still depressed. And half the time when people greet you and say, how are you doing? You go, eh. But you're, you're a Christian. Should you not be living in victory? It's because we just focus on that thing the whole time. And... Um, I'm going to go into some scripture and talk about maybe four attributes of God. Um. There are a couple of animals that the Creator identifies Himself with. And I've spoken about it a couple of times. But I want to look at the creatures that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 1 and Revelation 4, what John saw and these are the living creatures that were seen in the throne room and we know that Jesus identified himself with the ox with the lion and the eagle and I want to talk about how Christians should have the spirit of these animals and even the pagans in ancient Mesopotamia understood The the dominance and the authority and the power of these creatures. That's why when you came into ancient Babylon, if you even see on Nebuchadnezzar's gates and um, Cyrus's gates and Syraxes' gates, you'll see creatures, sometimes with a lion's body or an ox's body with wings, sometimes with a man's head, sometimes with a lion's head. Have you ever seen that? Anybody ever watched archaeology or these things? So my guess is these are the creatures or the similitude of the creatures that Ezekiel must have seen. Because we also know that in the book of Job, the sons of God came and presented themselves before the Lord. So we know that God never called an angel a son. So these must have been more human-like characters that were able to come into the throne room somehow. Amen? Amen. It's just a guess, I might be wrong. But my guess is that the ancients could understand certain things about authority and kingship and the throne room of the Lord. And I'm not going to focus on the Lord being a lamb because a lot of us are very good at being lambs. But God wants to talk about being a lion and an eagle. So the ancients understood that the eagle was the supernatural. Christians should be walking in a supernatural lifestyle. We should believe in the supernatural because we have a supernatural God. So for the ancients, we never knew how to fly in those days, you know. There was no North Carolina that said first in flight on their number plate. (laughs) There was no Wright brothers. So for them, the eagle was something amazing. And the lion represented kingship and leadership. Amen? The ox is still worshipped today in India. (laughs) <laughs> you know I watched a movie once where an Indian guy killed an ox he's like oh Hare Krishna forgive me <laughs> because they worship oxes why? because ox is the thing that produces the harvest and treads out the grain and breaks up the fellow ground and Jesus said we need to be yoked with him so there's those that work for the Lord and those that work with him amen So let's get into some scripture. I'm going to try and go as fast as possible. We've got about 20 minutes. Um, I do want to minister to people um, for healing, for breakthrough, whatever God needs to do in your lives and whatever you need God to do in your life. So I'm going to try and get through this as fast as possible. And I hope it encourages you, inspires you, and teaches you something. Amen. So, I'm not going to really focus on the face of the man. I think we all know we're sons of God. And we have become like gods. We understand the knowledge of good and evil. And the ancients knew that the face of man there was representative of how we have the ability to use the power of the ox in our favor. You know? (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, well Lord, how how do I tell the church how they use lions? Well, I thought, well, the Romans used them to eat us. (laughs) That's about all I could figure out, you know, but then I found some scripture, so thank you Lord Um, Proverbs 30, and let's actually do Proverbs 28, verse 1, you don't have to go to Proverbs uh, 30, I'll just read it for you It's verse 29, in case you want to put down some notes There be three things which go well, yea, four are calmly in going a lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away from any. And um, every time I read the scripture, I remember a game ranger in Africa, you know. It was crazy to go safari with him, because he was crazy before he got born again. And he didn't just pick up all the attributes of Christ. There were some things that were still a little bit crazy about him. But I admired his boldness. You know, um, the one time we go, we have a bra, you know. Going bra Swimming rivers with his hippos and crocodiles. I'm alive, so, <laughs> you know, they said, oh, there's no crocodiles there. So we just check where the hippos are, and then the hippos are far down the river swim. Then three months later, we found out that a croc had just come and pulled a, a kudu out of the mud. And I thought, Lord, I'm not getting that water again. But Owen took us there, and he said, yeah, let's swim. But one day we came to our favorite spot, and there was a big bull elephant right there. So I'm thinking, well, we're not going to go barbecue here now and swim. That ain't going to happen. And this guy just, without telling anybody, he just gets out of his Jeep and just starts walking to the bull. I'm thinking, you should I run for the gun. Should I help him? And then he just says, come on now. This is my place. Move. Come on. Go. And the bull's just chilling. Then suddenly it's like, yo, his ears go up and he runs. I'm thinking, man, that guy's bold. He's, he's got some guts. That was a big elephant. You know, I, I didn't even expect that. You know, I thought maybe we'll wait or hoot at the animal or shoot around. And he just got out. And I remember we had this uh, another um, experience with this man where we were driving in the night and the lions had ta- ha- made a kill. And um, the male lions had not arrived. And there were two males in that um, pride. So this ninja knows that the male lions are somewhere, but we don't know where, Lord knows. Drives off the road to get us closer. Then when he's reversing, before he reverses that, he throws a stick at them, which he's not supposed to do. He did that for fun. And it, it was entertaining because when those lions are busy eating and in their zone, it's almost like, you know, you, can, you just know they're raw and then they all of a sudden they get... And you think, oh Lord, they're going to kill us, you know. And then he just laughs, and then reverses and punctures the tire. And uh, so I don't know why, but for some unknown reason, we had to get out the jeep to change the tire. And the lions are eating like a couple of you know yards away, and you can hear them gouging themselves. I'm thinking that might be me just now. And in the spotlight that's connected to the jeep—these are the old days, you know—I don't think they had torches, and we weren't prepared for this. Goes off. So we're just sitting there in the pitch black dark. And we also know that the two male lions are nowhere to be seen. And um, one of the funniest things was there was another man who my, he was a businessman, fancy guy, plays golf, wears nice clothes. And we would all go there and um, safari with this guy because he had just been born again and it was exciting. We went there for free, presidents used to go there. And um, this guy came with too and he was there that night. And um, we finally got the, the, I was scared. We got the tire changed. And as we got into the car and the spotlight came on, the male lions walked right past the car. I was thinking, Lord. <laughs> and you know, what I noticed about them, they don't move for anybody. They go their way. You know, a lion stands its ground. It's not intimidated by anything. In Namibia, there's lions that hunt elephants, you know. And um, <laughs> that one um, businessman, he just left us a letter. The next morning, he left. He went back to Joburg City. God bless you guys. I thought, I'm not doing anything with these people anymore. They're crazy. <sighs> but it was exciting times. And what I, what I remember about this man was he was bold as a lion. And he knew his environment and he knew nature and he knew wild beasts. He understood them. So I'm just telling you that because the body of Christ needs to get a boldness about the things they face. Because for me, an elephant is a giant. You know? There's some Jericho walls that stand before us. uh, Mountains. All that jazz. Um, I'm not saying when you go to Africa, if you ever do, go get out the car and chase a bull elephant down the road. Please don't do that. (laughs) Amen? So, Proverbs 28... The wicked flee when no man pursueth. But the righteous are bold as a lion. You know, um, that's us. Bold as lions. God's called us to not be complainers and weak and depressed. But one of the things that also makes a lion the king... Is his attitude. I've said this before, he's not the biggest in the jungle, you know, or should I say the bush. He's not the smartest, he's not the longest, but he's the king. Why is the lion the king? Because of the way he thinks. You, you know, when uh, the hippo is bigger than him and the, the elephant is bigger than him. But when they look at each other, he thinks differently. He thinks lunch. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I remember one time with the same character, the lions were chilling. And a lion doesn't like to be intimidated or looked in the eyes. So he said, why don't you stand up? And the lions were chilling. You know, they used to, the people in the Jeep. The rule is to not stand up so i thought i'd stand up to see what as soon as i stood up those male lines stood up and they looked at me like what you want to do something and i thought no i'll sit down <laughs> and i really enjoyed that <laughs> amen ezekiel one let's go there just so you know i'm not um, speaking rubbish Um, I'm not really sure. Verse 4, I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. Okay, let's just skip to verse 10. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side and they four had the face of an ox and on the left side they four also had the face of the eagle. Thank you, Lord. Let me try and rush through this. Are you guys getting something? Okay. Let me try and do what Joshua does and just stop the time. Hey Ezra, hit the time button there. Quickly pause it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go over time. I just manipulated it yeah 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 that's that's witchcraft eh just by the way yeah Yeah, some people manipulate things and they say oh god told me okay number one the lion is king number two the lion is a king because of what he believes about himself um number two a Attitude is a product of belief. You cannot have the attitude beyond your belief. So it's your belief system that gets you really where you need to be. Um, If you look throughout the ages, certain cultures and groups of people that prosper and stuff, you look at them and you see there's something about the way they believe. You know, um, uh, I come from an English background background on my mother's side and they might be pompous and arrogant but they rule because they believe they're better (laughs) they might be wrong but there's something about them when you chill with these guys you think man these guys think they're God's gift to all you know we had the empire where the sun never sets and then they you know the way they just do things you can see they conquerors and rulers because of what they believe about themselves so you come to some, we call them natives, and you come, and they all conquered and they're so upset about how the world did them wrong. But throughout history, nations have been conquered all the time. The Greeks got conquered multiple times, the Persians, the Anatolians in Turkey today, the Middle East. Do you know that the English people got conquered a few times by the Danes, by the Norwegians, by William the Conqueror who is French. The Romans, they introduced the baths, thank God, I love bathing. You know? But we don't complain about it and try and go to Italy and, and complain and say we want something back or whatever. We take the goodness of it and we rule the nation and take the power that they've given us. Whatever it may be. Roman baths, infrastructure, rule of government. So everybody gets conquered. Get over it. Men are wicked. So what are we going to do with what God has put in our hands? Amen. So that's why some cultures are conquerors. Because they've got a belief system. They don't think that the world's just going to give them something. Sometimes you've got to go and take it. (laughs) Amen? God wants you to go and get some of your inheritance. Not sit around and wait and say, oh, well, the Lord is, you know, life has been so difficult and unfair. Well, life is unfair. Life is very unfair, you know. Kings in palaces have the best beds and they struggle to sleep at night, but I can sleep on the floor and have dreams. Because life is unfair. They should be sleeping better than us, but we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Number three, the lion is bold. Four, the lion is steadfast and doesn't turn from any. Number five, to have the spirit of a lion is to have the ability to lead. The lion demands respect because of his attitude. When the lion sees the rest, he sees lunch. It's your mind that makes you a leader or a success. Um, That actually takes me to this scripture. Romans 12, verse 1, one of my favorite scriptures, because it um, distinguishes the difference between us and the world. Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Hmm. You know, we've we got to build our church and start singing more contemporary music, so we can get the young people in. And we've got to start wearing skinny jeans and wearing man buns. Because that's the fashion of the world. That's not what breaks the yoke, it's the anointing. You can have somebody come up here and sing music from the 1940s or something, but if it's anointed, the power of God will come in the room and lives will change. It doesn't have to be rock and roll. Amen. So we're not conformed to the patterns of the fashion of this world. And I, I like, you know, I've got some, I'm getting a bit fat, but I like skinny jeans, you know. But it doesn't mean I'm not ruled by the patterns of this world or think like them. Um, Where was I, Lord? Help me. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. Shakaba. Thank you, Lord. Some of us, our biggest enemy is the way we think. We've already been defeated before we go to battle because of the way we think our mind that's why it says pull down every stronghold take every thought captive Phew. we can't stop birds from flying over our heads but we can stop them from making filthy little nests there amen and it's not as a man think of it's as a man think of in his heart where is your heart if that was the case we would have to lock ourselves in a In a dark room and praying tongues all day because you just drive down the road and you see an advertisement that looks like pornography. So, what's in your heart? Amen? Um, The eagle. Let's go there. I'm trying to run. Are you guys getting something? Amen. Um, I might not get through this, so I'm going to go fast. Amen. one of the things I wanted to say about the eagle is the eagle has a vision. And the eagle, you, let me read the scripture so you know where I'm coming from. Isaiah 40 verse 31, we all love the scripture, well at least most of us do. Um, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. <laughs> Let's use chickens as the other end of the spectrum. Um, chickens are very earthly, but eagles can fly high, and they're very heavenly. Eagles are seated with God in heavenly places, and eagles have vision. You know, the reason why the Pharisees couldn't get what Jesus was coming from, and even sometimes his apostles, because they fought very earthly. They were just thinking about making, you know little huts for Elijah and Moses and they were thinking about earthly things and setting up a kingdom that would overthrow the Romans not the kingdom of God thinking like chickens always scratching in the ground always running together and like the old African proverb goes you know that's a problem with our generation these days you see some people are so weak minded Uh, a cow running in the wrong direction is very easy to turn but a whole herd Is another story. See we've just got herds and flocks of chickens everywhere that love their little circle, their little body, and they never ever can they can't go to the Baptists or to the Presbyterians or to the Pentecostals, they've got to stay in their little Methodist group or whatever it may be. Little chickens. I just go to a small little church where God does small little things. Well, what if you cast out a devil in that church? It won't be so small for so long. What if somebody gets out of their wheelchair and gets healed? Won't be such a small little church anymore. So, one of the problems also a lot of us are having in life is we might have a boss that's a chicken. And has no vision and doesn't see the talent in you. Or the ability. Just because people don't see the ability in you does not indicate that you have no ability or talent. The problem with us sometimes is we're hanging out or working for chickens. And um, I'll just say this quickly. The first time I ever heard the analogy of chickens and eagles was I was watching Reinhard Bonker, who passed away yeah. yesterday morning. So, Father God, we just thank you for Reinhold Bonker and how he's changed the lives of millions. Even as I grew up in Africa, Lord, I met people who were born again at his crusades and served the living God today. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful man. There's power in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love it when he said that there's power in the blood of Jesus um, he said that he, he used this analogy and thousands of people got born again about how an eagle had fallen into the chicken's coop and the chickens are always telling the eagle you can't fly stop dreaming about the cliffs and the open sky just do what we do Just you know chickens actually can fly they, what they usually do is they just fly into a tree at night and they sleep there so they don't get eaten. That's about it. And they, they use a lot of energy to fly. So, also, those that wait upon the Lord, you know, an eagle isn't the fastest bird. You know, a lot of people say that. They're wrong. Falcons are faster, swifts and swallows are faster. Eagles usually hunt snakes and things on the ground, small antelope. But an eagle uses something called a thermal to really fly well and high. A thermal is a body of heat that rises. So you'll even know that some of the people who use glider planes without engines, they are grounded on a day that has no heat or thermal. And you'll see eagles, the most majestic of all the birds, on a, you know, I, we used to have these Varexes eagles, they're beautiful eagles, they're black eagles that lived in the Michalisburg mountains. And on overcast days, you would come in, sometimes an eagle would just be in a low tree, just chilling there, doing nothing. He's led by the Spirit. There's no thermal today, and God's not moving, so I don't need to work, you know. St. Francis of Assisi said, do few things, but do them well. Some of us are so busy, our busyness has turned into barrenness. The eagle has the ability to fly when the thermal is there. To move when God is moving. Because he's seated with him in heavenly places. And renewing our strength like an eagle is because an eagle can add 20 years to his life if it goes through. We've all heard this before. process of pain and knocking its beak and pulling its feathers out. Eagles are very clean creatures. But they're also one of the hardest birds to keep alive in captivity. So whenever I go to the zoo, I always want to go to the eagle section, you know, because to see how these people keep them alive in captivity. One of the rarest birds of prey, one of the largest birds of prey that fly the condor, and they're the same. They come from California and people are trying to keep them alive. The farmer's poison animals and they, they're carrion eaters. They need to be free. They rely off breeding in the cliffs and, and eagles like that. Sometimes we're living in the filth we're living in because we're not free. We're in captivity. The cleanliness is hard to obtain because we're depressed. We're not empowered and we're not energized by God. So your environment can also determine your success. The eagle is in his right environment. Amen? The eagle has vision and can see afar off. The eagle relies on the power of God. Amen. Does that say something to you? So, I'm almost done. I'm trying to run. I speak too much, you know. Um, Let's go to the ox. Um, We'll start with Matthew 11 verse 28. I already said this, so you can also think of it in this way. The eagle works with God, not for him. The eagle is closer to a more inner-court ministry, just like the ox, because the ox is yoked to something. And we take on the yoke of the Lord. Amen? So we're going to apply these two together in that way. Um, Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor, so we're laboring, but are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest. Unto your souls. Verse 34. my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So working with the Lord. Is taking off a burden. There's a deliverance in working with him. There's an inner court ministry that comes from working with him. I heard this preacher talking about his experience in Indonesia. And he, um, he noticed that the locals would have this big powerful ox. And then they'd put this little weak little ox and yoke. The, who knows what a yoke is? We all know what a yoke is. Okay. And he'd put this little ox with the big powerful one. And he said, why, are you, why is this unequally yoked? He said, because the big ox needs to teach the little one how it's done. You see, when we're not yoked with the Lord and we're working for Him, you know, there's a lot of people who... How many times have you heard about great men of God? They do a lot of things well, but they get burnt out. Their children get sent to boarding school. They're not good at family. They did great things. They, did, they, they, they took ground for the body of Christ. But they ended up in life of a stroke. Maybe sick. Tired. They've, it's very hard for them to love and keep up with people. now. Because sometimes they were working when they should have been resting. Like the eagle. They weren't yoked with the Lord. Amen. So they told him. Well. Because when he's yoked with this one. He's outpowered. So now, when the big ox goes down, I have to go down. When the Lord prays and the burden comes for prayer, I'm there. When the Lord eats and drinks, I can't just eat and drink in time because he's so big, I can't get down, man. And when he moves to work, he pulls me. You understand? So I'm learning the way of the master. I'm working with him and I'm in line with what he's doing. Because I'm yoked, I've taken upon the yoke of the Lord. Amen. So we don't like to preach about the ox because it's just a beast of burden. It's probably an ugly thing anyway. But in ancient times, the life of the society and the empire depended on the the, 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 the oxes. Amen. They plowed the fellow ground. So we have that, you know, I heard some kind of prophetically the four gospels... Jesus the king, Matthew, Mark, he's the ox and the worker, and Luke the eagle, and you'll notice that John talks about the divinity of Christ. And it's funny that Arius actually had a problem with the book of John, because of John 1. So, these prophetic things in those books also concerning these four creatures, the the man, the lion, the ox, and the eagle. And... I'm telling you these things today because I believe that by this revelation God speaks to us in many ways through dreams visions illumination and revelation and I hope that this brings revelation to certain things in our lives so our burden can be lighter because what I've noticed is some people might not like the message of the ox but either way they're a beast of burden to something because you only have as many masters as you have passions. So you've got to take on that yoke. Um, when no ox are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of an ox. Those who have the spirit of the ox, number one, are willing to bear the burden. Number two, they are willing to do the work and even sacrifice themselves. Number three, they are servants. Number four, those who have the spirit of the ox have the ability to build. If you're wondering how some of these ancient structures were built, I can tell you there were some oxes pulling some heavy loads. Some people in the body of Christ, they can't pull nothing. Understand? It's all right to be the eagle. Sometimes God's giving us vision, but some people are always in the clouds. I had a dream. What are you going to do about that dream? You're going to do something? Are you going to pick up the plow? And one of the things that God wants to tell us in this time, in this season, he's not just going to bring the rain. He's not just going to bring revival. He wants, there to be a, he wants to bring something that you can maintain. So prepare the ground, remove the rocks, and get ready for the rain, because the rain is an act of God. But when the church is ready, it's a good time for the rain to come. It's good to be ready. Do we not want that? It's the oxes that are ready for the right seasons. It's the oxes that bring in the harvest. Amen. Where was I? Lord help me. Thank you brother. Shagaba. can see you've been to Africa. You support the preacher you know. A bit more eccentric like preach it. Yes Lord. I just feel more anointed right now. Um, Those who have the spirit of the ox know how to labor with the Lord. Number seven, oxen have taken on the yoke of the master. So we might be that little ox, because I definitely know I'm not equally yoked with the master. But if I can be yoked with him, he can be pulling me around. And I can be led by the spirit. Some some people lead the spirit, man. You just told like just what Haley spoke about. Oh, God told me to do that. Yeah, but you disturb the whole church, and now everybody's eyes are on you and not Jesus. It's not being led by the spirit. Just because we discern and see things doesn't mean I need to go and tell that person that or expose it to everybody. You understand? It's not being led by the spirit. That's just using your discernment to bring folly and. And dissension in the body of Christ. If we're led by the Spirit, we remember love and kindness. That's so another thing I wanted to talk about is, is kindness. Are we kind? You know, there's so many people that talk about the gifts and prophecy. But they're not kind people. They're not the type of person I want to go have a barbecue with. You know? Have <laughs> I said <saying> something? <laughs> so we want to be around people that have love. Kindness. Soft, caring, you know. And also, just, I'm, I'm not going too far down one way. Also know that love will correct you. And not leave you, leave you to go down a road of destruction, you know. One of the big problems, I was watching um, this, uh, people love it when I quote certain scriptures and say we believers of the Bible. But when you talk about disciplining children, no. And that, I was watching this thing about Oregon, teachers are quitting in mass. Because the children are so out of control. So out of control because there's no discipline. And they're talking about how to change certain laws. No, don't change laws. Change The society needs to change. It's, the child is a product of his home. What are the parents allowing the child to get away with? That's not love. Oh, well, the child should be able to choose. They should be able to know what sex they should be at the age of four. And then when you look at the art, it says, This man fell in poop. But he must not choose what sex he needs to be. A child should be parented. And should be disciplined. Man, even when I was a teenager, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I mean, come on, am I not saying saying something to you? So love is also something that corrects us. And it might be hard at a time, but at least know you're not a bastard. Because bastards are fatherless, but when people are around you that love you and correct you, it's not because they have a problem with you, but they might have just have a problem with some of the things you do, because they know that those things are leading you down to destruction. And if they really love and care you, they're not going to let you de- care for you. They're not going to let you destroy yourself. And it's a responsibility to be a parent. A parent just isn't somebody who cuddles his baby and says koo. you know. <laughs> unfortunately for Soren, there's going to become a time where he's going to have to learn to poop in the toilets. I'm not going to leave him to poop in his pants because he's going to learn some self-control. You know? <laughs> Amen. God is good. Yes, Lord. Can we have some um, menstruals and clamoring cymbals come up? Brother, can you come and play something? Thank you. If you want to bro you can come up unless you can do you want to pray for people with me thank you brother um yeah okay i'll read the king james you know all school like that <laughs> let's all stand yes lord so um we believe that god is the healer we believe that he's our deliverer now there's nothing that i do but we believe that by the laying on of hands and when two or more gather there together there i am in them midst.